listening from, we pray this message inspires you to love strong, shine bright, and live free. Hey, um, if you were here last week, uh, you would have heard, Pastor Wes was preaching this message called Right Here, Right Now. Right Here, Right Now. And, um, you know, he talked about, uh, 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 in that message, about that we have a, a now, don't we? We have a now? Yeah. yeah, we have a now. But we also have a past, hmm? And we have a future that's coming. And he talked a little bit about last week's message that, you know, we can, instead of living here now, we can tend to live either from the past or we can sort of tend to live toward the future. Like living from the past can be sometimes maybe we've had a failed relationship or maybe something happened to us. Maybe um, I, I work with the community a lot and I see people who've been struck coming out of prison or struggling in addiction. Um, that's their past. Maybe it's a medical condition someone has or something that uh, we used to be. And we can live from that. That defined us, you know? And it's sort of like a glass ceiling over our now. And, and maybe for some of us, that's, maybe that's not you, but for sometimes it can be the, because the now can be painful sometimes. And so we can live in reminiscing. Oh, wasn't it better then? <laughs> you know, and we see the Egyptians, as we was brought up last week, the, um, sorry, the Israelites coming out of Egypt when they came out for 450 years, they had prayed to be able to be taken out of the slavery they were under. And when they got out, they were just, they were complaining to go back. <laughs> and I think the, the, the scripture said that we're not our, our pots full of meat. And we ate all the food that we wanted. Oh, they just reminisced. They couldn't live now. But then there's some of us, you know, we can learn from our history but we just can't really dwell on it. But then some of us, as was mentioned last week, we, we, it's, the now is here, but we, we're thinking about the future. We see ourselves as positive people, right? That's what we see. You know, but the interesting thing is, is that you know, an optimist, you know, the half, cup is half full person, right? You know, the, I mean the pessimist, the half cup. Was it optimist, half cup full, pessimist, half cup empty. But you see, as kingdom people, we don't, Concern ourselves with what's in the cup. It's the source of what fills that cup. That is what is our concern. But you see, future people can sometimes get wound up in positive thinking. And they end up dreaming. But if your dreams aren't attached to goals, then you're never going to see that future. And so living in the past or dwelling on the future is not really going to help you in this season. Is that right? Now, I need my little clicker. Has anyone got the little clicker? I, t- I totally forgot about it. It's a little thing about that long, and you push it, and it changes that screen. It gives me ultimate control of the house. If we don't have it, I can just point to Gary. We'll do a little dance, and when we do that, it's all good. If someone finds it, you can just throw it at me in the general direction where I stand. Maybe click onto the slide there, Gary. Click on the next slide. It's a bit small there, but... This was the, the, the scripture that Wes finished on last week. Psalm 118.24 says, This is the day, everyone say day. day. The Lord has made, we will what? Rejoice and be glad in it. And so that was the message last week. And I just want to sort of carry on from that message. I feel I have a word for you this morning. Uh, the word has really come out of the now, living in the now. The challenge for us can often be, that we can understand that we don't want to be, oh, you're awesome, man. Thanks, Dave. Woof, check that out. So look at that. Okay, can someone give that man a chocolate bar? I think he 
Who needs a chocolate bath? <laughs> and, um, you know, you can, you, I think that the, the reason we live in the past, live in the future is simply because living in the now can be a struggle. Living in the now can be a battle. Has anyone found that life is actually not that easy? It's not that easy. And so living in the now can be a challenge. And so I really am preaching this message today that I feel is for you. I want to be talking about this here, which my click is still not going. Look at that. I'm pushing the button. I don't have ultimate control yet. I, I, I only have. There we go. Look at that. Be strong. Everyone say be strong. And now, now. Hey, let's just pray. Father God, let's just bow your heads. Holy Spirit, we, um, we need you in our life. We don't just need a good feeling. We don't just need just to have a time where we can just say that we do church. But Father, we need the presence of the Spirit to change us. And I just release right now that the Spirit of change in this room, that we would be able to receive something for you, that we would be strong in our now. And I just pray for the Spirit of strength and understanding to come to the room this morning. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Look at this. I think we're live. I think we're live. Oh, look at that. I was going to start. Well, my insecurities were going off. I don't have control. I don't, this is like a cockpit of a plane up here. You know, I've got my Bible here. I've got the message. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm, yeah, that's all right. I didn't, if I don't have the clicker, I'm fine. You know, uh, a scripture that's really been on, been on my heart lately is this uh, Hebrews 3.13, but encourage one another daily as long as it's called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You know, it's a really interesting scripture because it says if you don't encourage someone, one another then you run the risk of being hardened. <laughs> You're either encouraging or by the mere act of you not being intentional towards releasing the encouragement of the kingdom, you by, by diversion, you just, you're hardening. You can't help it. It's just what happens. You know, and I travel around a lot of churches around the country and I go into a lot of churches and get to prophesy with a lot of people to encourage them. And I, I see there's a lot of discouraged people in the house of God. A lot of discouraged people that are living just, just on the edge. And one, they're one discouraging word away from going, oh, I'm just throwing it all away. I'm one discouraging word away from going, I'm going to leave this church. I'm going to go to the church down there. I'm just one discouraging. You know what I'm saying? We need to encourage. Is that cool? Okay, I think we should encourage. Should we encourage someone this morning? Should we do that? This is something I like to do when we travel in churches. We do what is called popcorn prophecy. It's a little thing that actually Karen's going to give me a hand. Come on, give, give Karen a clap. Yeah. Well, well, hey, we're going to encourage someone today. Actually, I think we should encourage someone. And you guys are all going to help because encouragement comes from you. It's not just from you know, the, the prophetic people. It's you're all a prophetic people. Hey, what's, what, what's, your, what's your... Sorry, do you have... No? No, good, good, good. What's your name there with the... Yes. Wow, that's a lovely name. Hey, instead of you coming out, because we normally get people to pop up here, but we got me and Carolyn, we're going to pop down there, and we're going to encourage you. And this is what we're going to do. 1 Corinthians 14 says that prophecy is for encouraging. You ever say encouraging? Empowering and bringing comfort. And so we're going to go up. This lovely lady, we're just going to gather around here. Just me and Carolyn, we're going to go up. And then you're going to turn, you're just going to call out the first encouraging, uh, comforting, uh, empowering word. And you might get the word warrior. You might get the word strength. You might get the word hope. Do you understand? And you're just going to call it out. Let's shoot up there, Kevin. Let's shoot up. Cool. What was your name again? Oh, come on. That's awesome. So we're here. Just right off a pop hand on your shoulder. We just want to encourage you. Okay, so we just call out an encouraging word. And let me call it nice and loud. 
Edifying. This is about you. Good. Beautiful. Sorry, what was that? Kind. Steadfast. Energetic. Beautiful. Peaceful. Prosperous. Worthy. Wow, that's some good words right there. You know, the word that jumped out for me, I'm just going to add to it, was the word worthy. And um, the Lord says, you know, you are worthy and you are steadfast. You just keep coming back. And the Lord says, I recognize your heart and you have a good heart. And the Lord says, I'm going to grow you. I'm going to show you the flower that is within you to actually blossom. I'm going to take you back. I'm going to heal you. And I'm going to set your feet on solid ground. You're going to really know that I, my love is for you. That's the encouragement I get. Carol's going to add to that. Yeah, I just feel like the Lord is saying that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, and he has a great purpose and future for your life, that he's brought you to this house this morning for a purpose, that you're not here by accident, that he is um, setting a path before you that you've actually already stepped into, and he is going to make a way for you and and just to encourage you that you are valuable and well-loved by him. Wow, come on. Cool. How did that go for you? Do they go very good? <laughs> Give her a hand. Hey, um, actually, can you, do you want to point to someone else in the room who needs encouragement? You just point to someone. Just, just whoever jumps out in your heart first. Just and, um, yeah. You don't have to. We can choose. We can choose. Carolyn will choose. One more. Ha, high pressure. You don't want to get this wrong because God is watching. Ah, <laughs> uh, Renee, come on up, Renee. Let's come on. Let's get Renee up here. Come, give him a hand up, people. You know, we don't just clap. We're not clapping for the sake of clapping. We're bringing joy. This is this is an offering of praise right now. That's what it is when someone sings a song up on the stage and they're entertainers. You clap. Hey, you know, <laughs> we just release that. You can get to turn around and face everyone now. Okay, so you know the deal. Encouraging, edifying, exhorting. We're going to just call them out. Call out those words. Away you go. Power and strength. Steadfast, strong. Faithful. Honest. Generous. Joyful. Wise. Gentle. Caring. Energizing. Wow. There's, you know, the word faithful uh, actually and the word energizing jump out at me. I also add to that. And I just, the Lord says, You are a faithful man and you will be rewarded for your faithfulness. And the Father says, there is going to be a new door open for you where you're just going to really feel a peace and a presence of God that you have not felt in a very long time. You're going to feel like it's a coming home. And the Father says, I'm just releasing that on you and it's going to open today and it's just going to feel like there's this ever-increasing growth and this area is going to happen from this point on. And I feel like the Lord is saying, beloved son, I am well pleased. He's well pleased with you, Renee. And I see there's a new season he's setting before you and you're stepping into a new level of intimacy with him and he is going to bring you into some things that you've only dreamed and hoped of. And this morning as you've stepped out, you've actually stepped into, you've not just stepped out of your seat, you've stepped into something that God is opening up before you and he is just well pleased with where you're at right now. So he's, he's, entr- he's going to entrust you with more. 
<laughs> so, Lord, we thank you for Renee and Wendy, Lord, and we just release your blessing and your favor and your goodness over them this morning, Lord, that you are bringing them into a new season. And, Renee, I just see a, a level of leadership coming upon your life where the Lord is going to take you into some new levels of strength and authority in him. And, Father God, we release that upon him this morning, and we thank you for him, and we bless him, and, and we just, yeah, just release your goodness upon him this morning in Jesus' name. Crazy, Jesus. Hey, how did that go for you, Renee? Oh, well, I can't, I can't <laughs> ex- express what that means to me because I've been living under a real burden wow. lately, especially what happened to Wendy's son, and mm. I was away, and yeah, I felt really convicted and really bad, and it, it's really precious to me. Thank you. Wow. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a hand. Give the Lord a hand. You know, uh, thanks, Caroline. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, your words create worlds in people. Did you know that? You know, there's a scripture that says, uh, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And those who eat of it will receive its fruit. You know, so what are we releasing? You know, secret texts that are you know, hate texts. Or, you know what I'm saying? What are you releasing? That's why we must encourage one another as long as it's called today, because God's heart is encouragement. Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, says the Lord. That is the heart you're releasing into the world to encourage the world. And when you actually start to stop and just take a moment to just stop with someone, you can walk down the street. When you just get this, it's real easy. You're Christians. You hear from God. My sheep hear my voice. I'll walk down the street and I'll be outside a supermarket and there'll be a young boy there and I'll just get the word home, home or broken home. Or I get some, I'll, just, I'll just say, dude, I'll just get this word for you that you're struggling right now. And they go, oh, whatever. And I'll say, well, I'm just, and I'll just start to just give them an encouraging word. Right, just like what was here. No different. And they just get so incredibly touched. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't have to be the big thing. It just has to be the little thing. Amen? I think we need to be encouraging. Need to be encouraging. Because we want people to be strong in our now. Amen? I think Renee would, would appreciate that when he got those prophetic words, you might have been feeling weak in your now, but now you've had them. Are you feeling stronger in your now? Amen. He is feeling stronger in his now. You know, I shared this story a couple of um, a couple of years back. I'll share it again because it sort of highlights something that I think we need to understand as we get into today's message. You know, it would be about a couple of years ago, we took the kids to a runner park, wrestled them to a runner park. <laughs> it's always when you've got lots of little children, just, you know. And we get there, and the gorillas were amazing. We saw this, like, 180-kilo, I think they call them silverback uh, gorilla. Like, this thing is crazy to look at, like crazy, just, just massive. Um, and just other really cool things. Did you know giraffes have purple tongues? Yeah, giraffes have purple tongues. Who knew it, you know? So we went there, fed the giraffes, they had purple tongues. It's like, totally, that can't be a god. But anyway, and, um, and so we're there feeding the giraffes. But we went over to the cheetah enclosure. Now, where the cheetah enclosure is, the cheetahs are like this big. They're like dog cats. You know, they're really big. They're like Great Danes with cat fur. And... Um, and so I'm standing by this fence, and the gamekeeper's talking, and I sort of snaffle over there just a little bit like this, and I started poking it through the fence. I'm like, I'm going, dude, I'm totally touching a cheetah. Wow, this is crazy. And the gamekeeper saw me. I, I retracted my finger. <laughs> and, and, and the gamekeeper goes, do you know that you can actually go in the cage with the cheetah for $150 and get a photo with that cat? 
and I re-extended my finger, and I'm like, I'm totally fine just touching him through, <laughs> through the fence. So I'm totally cool with that. And, and then the, cheetah goes, the, 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 the lady goes on to actually say, hey, well, you know, we have one of the most, um, the, one of the greatest uh, breeding programs in the world for cheetahs. We lead the world in, in, bre- in breeding cheetahs. She said, you know, we send our cheetahs all across the world just to expand the gene pool. I was like, wow, what's, what's your secret? She says, well, the secret is we run them. She says, we run them. We run them like at 70, 80 Ks, um, a couple of three, four times a week. And she said, when you run them, uh, they breed. What are cheetahs designed to do? Run. When you run them, they what? Which instantly my mind kicked into gear. and I said, my goodness, that is such a crazy kingdom principle. Because when you do what you were created to do, when you learn to run and the things that you were created to do, life, kingdom life comes from you. But if we don't run in what we're created to, if those cheetahs didn't run, I don't know if someone thought they were an elephant and just threw nuts at them and tried to stuff bananas down their throat. They wouldn't breathe. They, do you understand? Hebrews 12.1 says, let us throw off. Everyone say throw off. Everything that hinders us and let us run with perseverance the race set before us. Eric Liddell, the runner who was um, um, uh, shown in the movie Chariots of Fire, he said, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. You know, I found that one of the ways of knowing who you were created to be is when you are in a moment of strength, when you feel that, that I'm strong today, in those places, where do you feel God's pleasure when you do something? Hmm? When, where you feel God's pleasure, Eric Liddell said, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. What for you is it? When I do art, I feel God's pleasure. When I play music, I feel God's pleasure. When I preach a message to the front of church, I feel God's pleasure. When I'm a parent, I feel God's pleasure. Where do you feel it? In your moment of strength. Because we tend to not live from that. We tend to live in the daily grind of the yesterday or the tomorrow. Maybe it'll be better. When God says, actually, in your strong moments, in your nows, when you catch those, what brings your heart pleasure? Because that is a door to your breakthroughs. Amen? Amen. But sometimes rather than running the race before us, we can actually get stuck in the challenge of the now. Hmm? The challenge of the now. It can be tough living these days sometimes. And so we tend to struggle in the now. And there's a bit of a story I want to finish on today, just for the next sort of 10 minutes. It's a story from the Old Testament that really encapsulates the nature of this very thing that we're struggling with and gives some really powerful keys to how you can actually receive a strong now. Amen. Anyone know what that is? You want to hear this message today? That's all good? Yep, good. You're supposed to say that. I need my encouragement too. It's actually the story of rebuilding the wall in the book of Nehemiah. You know, there's a lot of really good stuff in the Old Testament, except for Leviticus. That's just really weird. No, that's right. Leviticus is still good too. It's got these, these really crazy rules they had to live by. Did you know that you weren't allowed to plant a mixed garden in the Old Testament? I know, a mixed garden. Like if you had your rhubarb too close to your carrots, you were stoned to death. That was just the way it is. I'm telling you now, it's all in the book of Leviticus, man. I'm telling you, and it got crazier than that. You can, this is what you were saved out of through Jesus, you know? You know, your vegetables can be planted right next to each other. You can have your carrots and your rhubarb right there. 
You're totally good. And there's my message. I'm done. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> Mike. Okay, so we are Nehemiah. Let's just, just before we sort of introduce Nehemiah, let's look at um, let's look at a, a little bit of just um, how Nehemiah even sort of gets on the page. Well, let's just read this first bit. And if you've got your Bible, you can turn to Nehemiah. I know it's a hard one to find because it's in the it's in the back section of the Bible, you know. But you can turn there if you want. So, so I came to Jerusalem and I was there three days, and then oh no, this is the wrong. Look at this. All my slides are mixed up. <gasps> Pain and suffering. There we go. I don't know what happened there, but there was just, a, my, my slides are a bit jumbled. Okay, so here it is. In late autumn in the month of Kislev, uh, in the 12th year, King Artaxerxes, man, why, is, did you notice there's no one called Murray in the Bible? I don't know what it is about these big names. You know, <laughs> I was in the fortress of Susa, and Hanania, one of the brothers, came to visit me, Nehemiah, and some of the other men who had just arrived from Judah. And I asked them about the Jews who had returned from the captivity, about the things that were going on in Jerusalem. And they said to me, things are not going well for those people. They returned to the province of Judah, and they're in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem have been burned and torn down, and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And when I, Nehemiah, heard this, I sat down and I wept. In fact, for days I mourned and I fasted and I prayed to the God of heaven. You know, just to give a little bit of backstory here, 150 years prior to Nehemiah entering the pages of the Bible was a group of people, the Jewish people living in Jerusalem in a beautiful city with walls around it, a temple, and it was just going, just like Nelson, think of a lovely place, but much bigger. Around two million people. No one knows the exact number, but a lot. And then the Babylonian Empire comes and besieges that nation and rips it to shreds. And it's not something that we can comprehend here and now because we live in a pretty smooth place in comparison. So they were completely taken exile, totally robbed of everything, every bit of identity, everything that they, who they were were robbed. They had to go and live in another land and assume the identity of another people. And then around 70 years after that event, they went back to a, around 50,000 people went back to a derelict city to try and rebuild it. But you see, now for 75 years, they couldn't because every time they planted a garden, every time that they would try and rebuild a wall or put a door on their house, every time they tried to do something, the enemy of the, around the land would see it come in and just tear it back down again. Just tear it back down. And I think that this story echoes so much of the pain and challenge of people living in the now of their lives, where we have set diligently to set our hearts toward God, but every step forward we try and take, sometimes we feel like we're going to take three steps back. I don't know if anyone, maybe it's just me, anyone that felt like that. You know, you've got this call, you've got this promise. I mean, these people had a promise. If you turn from your wicked ways and and humble yourself, I will heal your lands. I'll restore you. They had a promise. And this group went back, and yet this promise wasn't taken part. And so when we have Nehemiah hearing the story, he's not a Jew. He doesn't really have really any need to actually have to be heartfelt or, or sad. But you see, because he's a man of God, he weeps with those who weeps. He laughs with those who laughs. What is God's pain is his pain. I will take responsibility. He travels around 800 miles back to that land. He goes to his king first, and his king, there's a whole story, you'll have to read it, comes before his king, he's a cupbearer to the king, there's a whole story around that, but eventually his king says, you need to go. Gives him letters for other kings, 
and says yes uh, to pass through his lands and to be given the wood and the materials he's needed for the task. And then he gets there. And before I share the next scripture, this story is actually a foreshadowing story of the picture of the work of Jesus and the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, who enters your broken walls of who you are. The Bible says broken they will come to the Lord. You might think you got it together, but I'm sorry. Broken you will come to the Lord, it says. And you have a Nehemiah experience that Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit, working to rebuild you. Amen? But there's actually an enemy involved called Sanballat and Tobiah. And the enemy does not want that building to happen there. Doesn't want you getting to church on Sunday morning. Does not want you reading your Bible. And they have this enemy in this story as well. Let me read a little bit more. I don't know which way. My slides, I might have to jump off these for some reason. They might be jumbled there. I don't know why. Nehemiah 2.11 said, So I came to Jerusalem, this is Nehemiah, and I was there three days. And then I arose, everyone say arose? In the night, and I few men with me, and I told no one what my God had put into my heart to do with Jerusalem. Nor was there any animal with me except the one on which I rode. And I went out by night through the valley gate, the serpent well, and the refuse gate, and I viewed the walls. Everyone say viewed? The walls of the gates of Jerusalem that were broken down and its gates that were burned with fire. You know, friends, the first point in you being strong in your now, and I'll see if this works. If this doesn't work, then I'm just going to have to bow out of the slides. We'll see how we go. Oh, there we go. Here we go. First point. Look at that. We might be on it. First point for you living strong in your now is you need to recognize when it is time to arise in the night and inspect your walls. That's a mouthful. I know points are usually a lot shorter, you know. I could always sum that up. Just I want to tell you, when it's the dark night of your soul, when what around you seems like turmoil, it's not time to wallow in that darkness. It's not time to give a commentary around how dark the darkness is. It's time for you to arise in the night of your dark hour and inspect your walls. I want to tell you something. When it is your dark hour, when you do not know the way forward, when you are challenged in our dark hours, it never seems like a good time to arise, but maybe it's a God time. Maybe it is a God time to arise. I can uh, remember... Boy, probably 20 years ago now, I remember going through a really tough time in my life, the, probably the toughest time I've ever gone through. You know, there's some tough times in recent times, of course, you know, we had those. God's been there through all of them. But this was a time before I really, it was the time I journeyed back to Jesus. And I came out of a, a broken relationship and I was in a really broken place, really broken place. It's really, I can't explain if, you, if you've ever been through a relationship, long-term relationship, and it has totally broken down, you feel like your whole identity has been taken from you. You know, you, you take for granted sometimes that you can just sit at home with someone whom you love or care for and um, just be yourself. Um, you're sitting with no one. And maybe if a new relationship's starting, it takes a long time to actually become at peace with the person you're with. You know, I, I was in a real broken place. In fact, I was in such a broken place, I even thought, I didn't think life was worth living. I really didn't. I went through a really dark hour. And one thing I found through all the challenges that we face is this. I want to tell you, when you hit a low point, 
it reveals where God isn't in your life. And he wants to be in all of it, but it reveals where we have not involved him. Because it's like when everything is good and okay, there's this thin veneer of everything sweet as, man, I'm, I'm good. But when a challenge comes and peels back, there is a hole of unbelief you did not know was there. There is a hole of doubt that you did not know was there. There is a hole of frustration and anger towards this and that that you did not know was there. Low points in our lives actually reveal where we need God. And so uh, uh, there's a really good book called The Crushing by T.D. Jakes where he talks about this principle. Testing times come. Some of them, I won't talk too much about them. I'm not here to talk about them today, but you know, there's, God needs to reveal to us where he isn't in your life so that he can get there, so that he can take you to your next season. Amen? Yeah. And I want to tell you something. You know, whatever it was in your past, don't let that time define you, but let God refine you through that time. One of the challenges that I found in my now was how my past was shameful to me. Yeah, I'm a loud speaker. Am I too loud for everyone? No, I'm good? Cool. And um, so don't let that time define you but let me refine you. You know, I could not talk about a previous life of being in drugs and alcohol because that's where I was many, many years ago. I used to sell drugs. I used to be a messed up guy. I've shared my testimony at times. I might have to share it again. And that defined me. When I would meet people from my past, I was ashamed to meet them. I, 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 did not, I hid my Christianity because I thought they would go, dude, you, <laughs> you a Christian. Man, what about when you did this thing and that thing? I was ashamed because shame is definition of what you've done. But when God comes and heals what you've done, refines it, it now becomes a testimony. Dude, you shouldn't be a Christian. Remember what you did? Actually, I totally remember what I did and Jesus freed me from it. That's where I was. Look at me now. I mean, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? You know when you've been defined by something that God has not defined you by because you feel shame when you think about it. But when you have a refining of God, he takes what was painful, he turns it into a beautiful jewel that you can put out there to say, look what God did for me. And because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, it means that what he did for me, he can do for you. What he did for you, you can impart it to another. That's just the nature of it. You know, T.D. Jake said this, do not let your history stand in the way of your destiny. That's what refining does. It takes your history and it turns it into a destiny. It's amazing that part of the work that I do in community is working with people that were struggling in the same battle that I was with. I'm out there with people who are in addictions and drugs, out in community. And I can speak to them because I've been there. Now, the testimony has a power to bring freedom. Amen. Actually, I had, this, uh, I had this really cool experience. I don't want to preach too long, but uh, I met a girl just at uh, Victory Park on Friday. We're out on the street with teams. It might have been Thursday. Out on the street with teams. 
And I met her. She's just sitting there on a park bench, 18-year-old girl, 19. And she, uh, three months ago, we met her on the street. She was drunk. She was just rolling around. She was really messed up. And uh, we just prayed with her. It was pretty hard to pray for really messed up drunk people, you know. But you pray anyway because Jesus, he comes through that stuff. Well, anyway, after that time, she ended up getting connected to a family at Impact Church who took her in for three months. I met her. I, I got to speak into her life. And, of course, I was running at Impact Church recently. And then on Thursday, I met her. And she goes, Alistair, I've been sober for a month now. She says, Alistair, I'm not interested in going back to that life. And I said to this girl, I said, you, are, you have completely changed. And we started a talk and journey on this. But it was the testifying power that Jesus can change in a life that just wants to be strong and now. You know, sometimes we worry that Jesus is going to overlook us. We worry. Jesus said not to worry, but I love this by Corrie Ten Boom. She said, worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it empties today of its strength. God doesn't even want you to worry. I've got this. I've got this. I recently went through uh, losing my job at the company I worked for. Went through redundancy. I won't go through the story. But my heart was going to fall into the realm of, man, I'm not good enough. Man, I, this and blah, blah, everything. But I kept hearing from the God. So I've got this. That's all I heard from him. I've got this. I came to Wears and talked to him. And he goes, Al, it's going to be strange, but I get the word uh, that I've got this. And it was the same word I was getting. And I went to someone else and I was talking with them and they said the same word to me. I've got this. I was Fiona. Fiona here. Is Fiona here? Yeah, Fiona. She got this. I prayed, get Lorraine prayed for me. God has got this. <laughs> and he did. Right at the very end. Right. My wife will know this. Right at the very end. We were worried. We didn't know how we were going to get by. You know, we've got to trust that people give in to, to for the ministry work I do, but it wasn't enough to cover the wages by a long shot. And then uh, a week, the week I actually, that was it. No more work. They said, oh, we're going to give you some part-time work. And uh, so they've given me a part-time role in the same business. Praise the Lord. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties the day of its strength, people. You know, and I just had to remind myself of this scripture here that I cannot find because it's all mixed up, but I'm going to speak it out anyway. It says, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, God. When I'm afraid, I just put my trust in you. So anyway, that first point that I've got here is this. Recognize when it's time for you to arise in your night and inspect your walls, what needs to be worked on. The next point in being strong in our now is this. Who am I building with? Everyone say, who am I building with? I'm nearly finished. Nehemiah 2.18 says this, And I told them of the hand of my God, which had been good upon me. This is the people in Jerusalem that was broken down. And also of the king's word that he had spoken to me about coming to rebuild. And they, they said, let us rise up and build. And they set their hands to the good work. Do you notice the word us in there? Plural. It's not, let me do it all for you. It's like Wes could stand up here and say, no, don't, don't worry. Do you not have to do anything? I will do it for you. You need your car painted? Don't worry. I will do that. No, you know what I'm saying? It's us. Us. Let us rise up. Who are you pulling around you in this? You've inspected your walls. You're going, God, why do I have this recurring issue with work? Why do I have this recurring issue in relationships? Why do I have this recurring issue with church issues? Why do I have this recurring issue with study? Why do I, you know, you've got your thing. Well, it's time to inspect your wall. And then what? Well, who am I going to build with? Who's going to help me? That's what he's doing. Who is going to rise up on me? The right counselors, the courses, the wise counselors, the right books, kingdom-minded people around you. God is your ultimate counselor. Who are you pulling around you? You know, Proverbs 15, 
22 says this, your plans, everyone say fall apart. Fall apart right in front of you if you fail to get and put in place good advice. But if you first seek out, everyone say multiple. Multiple counselors. Watch your plans succeed. Watch your plans succeed. You need the brethren around you. I want to tell you something. There's a scripture that says, I am a lamp to thy feet. I'm a light to your path. I want to tell you when you're in your dark hour or you're in your your struggle or your battle, you cannot see the path. You can only have enough light to see your toesy woesies. That's it. Lamp to your toesy woesies. That's all you see. That's it. But others around you, funnily enough, they actually have more of a light to your path than you do through your dark hours. That's what happens. That's why you need church communities, why you need people around you. Because you can only see your toesy woesies and you think, well, they don't look that beautiful. They haven't cut them for ages and they're all covered in stuff and I don't really never like my toes anyway, you know. Um, but what happens is they, they all come to you and say, Alistair, don't you remember that call that you had over your life? Do you remember that prophecy that you got a couple of years ago? Hey, you're doing that weird thing. You shouldn't be doing that. It's not kingdom, man. You should be doing this. And it's like, they are trying to get you back on the path. The last point I've got here, I think I'll speak enough on that point, and being strong in our now. The enemy will try and convince you that there is no way forward. Verse 4, Nehemiah. When Sambalat heard we were rebuilding the wall, and Tobiah, they became angry and was greatly incensed. And he ridiculed the Jews. He ridiculed them in the presence of his associates of the army of Samaria. What are those feeble Jews doing? <laughs> what, are, what are you feeble person doing? What are you playing music? Are you trying to get a job or quest? What are you doing? Will they restore the wall in a day? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish it? Can they bring the stones back to life from heaps of rubble as they are burned? It's amazing how the enemy tries to point out your circumstances to you. Tobiah the Ammonite who was at his side said, what are they building? Even a fox climbing on that wall, it would break it down in a moment. I want to tell you something. The enemy always overplays his hand. And I've found this to be very true. What you are gifted in will be the very strike against you the enemy will use to try and take you down. If you've been called to be a singer, you can guarantee that as you step into that journey, you'll have the seest sort of people coming around you going, man, your singing really sucks. If you want to change your life, you want to pick up study, you want to do this, you want to change jobs, someone will come into your life and say, how are you going to survive? How are you going to feed the family? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? But you keep getting this prophecy about touching these people and touching this, and you're thinking, i got the prophecy, i got the word. Did you notice that Sam Ballot and Tobiah were releasing a word called doubt? Doubt, 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 doubt. doubt. And he's always done it, even the garden. Did God really say you shouldn't eat from that tree? Did he really? Jesus had it. The enemy said the same thing to him. If you are the son of God, I know the big guy said that to you, Jesus, but if you are the son of God, turn those breads to, to turn those stones to bread. I want to tell you something, people, we've got to hold on to the word of God that says, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to the completion to the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to tell you something, people. The nature of faith is this. that The nature of faith is that you don't have an answer now, but you have an instruction from God. That's the way faith works. 
you have your prophecies, you have things that have been spoken in your life in your strong moments, and you have this direction you feel is from the Father. You pull people around you, and you go, man, I'm really feeling that I want to do this, that, or something else. And I go, man, that sounds really like, that sounds good. And you're getting this encouragement, but you don't have the end answer. Here's a path. He will show you the path. But you've got you to understand the nature of faith is that you don't get the whole answer now. We walk in trust. Maybe someone musical could come up. We need to finish. We need to land this plane. Hey, I hope, this is, I hope you're getting something from this today. Being strong in the now, sometimes we have to realize, friends, that the challenge isn't from out there around us either. I find the biggest challenges are what is within us in our now. Verse 13 of Nehemiah before Elisha the priest had been put in charge of the storerooms of the house of God. He was closely associated with Tobiah, and he had provided for him a large room formerly used to store the grain and the offerings, the incense and the temple articles. Also the tithes, the grain, the new wine, oil prescribed for the Levites, the musicians, gatekeepers, and priests And well. You might think, what's that mean? You see, Elisha was the high priest, but he had actually, he was closely associated with Tobiah. Tobiah's name translated means good for little, good for nothing. And when you go to the root Hebrew, and he was actually the representation of the enemy in this. And we have the high priest making a place in the storehouse of, the God, of, of God's people for Tobiah to put food and everything he needed in there. And sometimes what can happen in our life, that you are the high priest. Well, Jesus is your high priest, sorry. And he is in the temple that is you. But sometimes we pull into this storehouse those things that aren't from him. And we live from them. Just like what happened here. What are you feeding from that simply is not speaking into your life at all? What is in your storehouse that you go for to escape or get comfort or whatever that just simply does not align with the kingdom? I can rattle stuff off, but I don't need to. If God is just speaking to you right now, I don't I want to tell you something, friends. Being strong in your now is important because if we're not strong in our now, hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's what happens. We feel a hope in our life, but the enemy keeps tearing down these walls all the time. Keeps tearing them down. And so we have a deferred hope. And you can defer your hope for 20 years. I took a guy out on the street to minister in community. I took him out. We had a couple of simple encounters. We prayed for this person, prophesied everyone, had a little healing happen with someone over here. I sort of thought, it was a bit of a quiet day. I went back. The guy, when I went back to my car, the guy grabs me on the shoulder. He goes, Alistair, I want to tell you I've been a Christian for 30 years, and only today has my faith made sense. 30 years! You can live hopeless for that long. But you see, a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. And the way you come to your dream is about stewarding your now, those three points arise in your night and inspect your walls. Know when it's time. Pull the people around you that you need for this kingdom work to be done. Know that there's going to be an enemy there. Just know it. But you want the voices of others and the kingdom voice to be the big voice in your life now. And know what you're feeding from. What's in your storehouse already that you're feeding from? Last point later in the, the Nehemiah when he had finished the rebuild. It took 52 days, by the way, I think it was 52. 
150 years, 75 years they tried to build in 52 days. He did what couldn't be done in 70 years. Because that's what happens when Jesus is allowed fully in your life and the work of the Spirit through Him in you. Amen? A quick work can be done. Jesus doesn't mind working on you for a long time, but there's a point where a long work becomes a quick work when He's ready to move. But there was one thing that the people did. He dedicated the wall at that time. He established the temple responsibilities. He appointed new leaders. He separated the people before God. He took away those that weren't God's people. He separated them out. And the people allowed this to happen because they understood a principle that we often forget. You see, we're happy to stop at forgiveness. We're happy to stop and say, I am forgiven. But you see, that is what you are given, but Lord wants you to give him something back. You see, he gives us salvation, but we give him lordship. And that is the battle in most of our lives. I see Christians on the street who've stopped at forgiveness. They've come into church, they've got forgiven, and they've gone, well, I've never rene- I don't go into Romans 12 too, renewing in my mind. I won't journey in that strength. And so they leave again. I've done the church thing. I'm a Buddhist now. I've done the church thing. I go to a psychic weekly now. I meet them all the time because I never gave them lordship. And that was what Nehemiah's people did for a time. There was another struggle he came back to, but my point is this. Does he have lordship over you? Will you actually say, actually, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord? Maybe just stand up this morning. We're going to take communion this morning. There's, you know, um, if, you, if you need prayer this morning, that's fine. Maybe just turn the lights down and if you've got kids to pick up, I totally understand you might have to do that, but I just really uh, I just really feel the Lord wants you to be, know that He has you right now. I'm going to give you the same word He gave me through a recent challenge. I got this. I got this. And sometimes you think that things are too far gone. No way. The event that happened is too big. We can't reverse that one. But the Lord is saying, you don't understand There is, I've got this in this life, and I've also got this in the next life. Because I am the God of eternity. So I just ask you to bow your head, Holy Spirit. We just ask that you just touch life this morning. I pray that you just put inside of men and women's hearts now the very things that you want them to have. Thanks for listening. For more information about Aspire Church, find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Or check out our website, aspirechurch.org.nz. We'd love to see you on Sundays, 10am, 101 Hardy Street.